We meet in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, to chat about Python. I'm Chuck. I'm Laís. It's Pi time. Meet, meet Pi. Three times a charm. Let's start again. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, sorry. We have diff technical difficulties again today, like usual. I'm so sorry about that. And all our viewers just gone. <laughs> they all gone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll just do it for the recordings then. Uh, sorry. And uh, no, they're back. They're back. Yeah, you're back. Can you say hi in the chat? Sorry, like we like it's very frustrating whenever we have the technical difficulties. And uh, I think it's uh, it's especially difficult when when we are not using StreamYard. Uh, we don't use that because uh, we have to play a video today and um yeah i don't know how like it's still like it's like chicken and egg like not not chicken but like i don't know what do you say that in english but like you can either have the video or you can either have Streamyard. and without stream like Streamyard is easy it's like you know it's just you know our video just go directly to to the streaming but uh because we have to play the video so yeah then um that's why we are um here and also talking about that, I haven't set up the video yet, so we'll see how it goes when it comes to that. I may have to do the scene change again, like, you know, switch it back to the this, this, this scene at the beginning, and then we can come come back. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. I think, we will I see. think what you're trying to say is that it's a, Mexic uh, it's a Mexican standoff. It's like, because you, you can't have everything at the same time. So you can either have this one or you can have this either vital thing. You cannot have the two of them at the same time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still no, don't know. We will manage. Yeah. manage. Yeah, I hope we can manage. And uh, yeah, I just I just don't know. Maybe next time we try to do something else. <laughs> but yeah, okay. And I'm so, so bright as well. Sorry, like we have meetings today, like before work meetings today before the, the program. That's why we are kind of like a bit out of like, like, you know, really like uh, everywhere. <laughs> And um, but it's in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week. So it's Wednesday, uh, lunchtime. Uh, like I think we both have had lunch before, and now we are ready to talk about Python. So I think what I'll do is like normal. I will just share my screen. Yes. Okay. Discord is not a good idea. Like all these things are everywhere. Like really, really like out of the place. So maybe we won't use Discord next time because uh, <laughs> it's just I can't even make this super big. Can you make this super big? Yeah, you can. Okay, I can hide our faces as well, but yeah, it's just very, very small. Yeah, hide my face. No, like, well, we can do that, but yeah, it's it's very, very small, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> so Rocket Turner is saying that Discord is the best idea. Said only gamers, uh, and you are a gamer, so that's why. Well, we are gaming with with uh, with Python, so I don't know whether that's legit, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I we still have to find the, the optimal solution. So it's kind of like speed running. We have to find the op optimal strategy. But anyway, so um, we we got PyData Amsterdam that's coming soon. It's kind of like a. Yeah. Uh, online version of uh, Pi Data Amsterdam, gaming with Python. Yes, I I know sockets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's the. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's real. That's really a good one. Okay. And uh, Pi Data Festival Amsterdam. Is it too small? Let me make it bigger. Try to. Yes. And um. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So. Uh. 
well, because of COVID-19, we don't have Pi Amsterdam in in Amsterdam, obviously. But, um, you know, uh, we will still have fun uh, online. We'll still have a festival online. So, um, yeah, get your ticket. It's, it's relatively cheap, I believe, because I think there's a... Uh, is only like 60 euros. So individual passes is is 30 euros instead of 300 or 200 uh, normally. And um, co-break passes. Yeah, so this I think this is inc including some tutorials and stuff. I'm not sure. Uh, you have to yes. really, really so, check. Okay, Lace, tell me. So I spoke to... Yeah. <laughs> so I spoke with a few guys because I was talking to Vincent when the whole thing was being organized. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we're talking about it. So apparently what happens is this. So you have the actual uh, lineup or like, so they didn't want to do a conference conference because there's way too many conferences going online now. Right. So they wanted to do like sessions in the morning that you could go to. And then something like a code, uh, a code sprint in the afternoon. And then the talks, like the keynote talks, the heavier talks in the evening throughout the week. Yes. So if you want to do, if you want to do just the talks in the morning and evening, then the ticket is 30 euros. But if you'd like to participate on the code sprints as well, then they put 15 euros on top of each one. And that's what the, dif the different prices. Um, I heard it's super cheap to sponsor. So if you guys use um, Python and use data science and uh, tools in general, they're sponsored by Noon Focus. I would re really suggest you guys to maybe try and sponsor because the sponsorship is not that expensive. And the lineup is unbelievably amazing. And Chuck is going to be there now, So Yeah, I will be there. I will be there. And um, yeah, so this is... Uh, I think first of all the sponsorship is gonna be you know that you know very cheap and it started next Monday I believe, so it's the last chance to get it, and it's it's really like it's relatively cheap like thirty euros compared to like I remember I've been to Pydata like I think the first year I have to pay for it <laughs> I I somehow get free tickets afterwards because I was helping out, but uh, first year is like two hundred pounds. Um, so compared to that, 30 euros is relatively cheap and you don't have to come here, you don't have to fly to Amsterdam, even though it's cool to fly to Amsterdam. But um, yeah, you still got the like very good, you know, uh, content. So yeah, uh, consider that and just check whether you, you know, you, you and I think the best thing is to, to support non-focus. That's, that's the best thing. I haven't checked their lineup, so I can't say for like whether they got good lines up or not. But uh, have a look. I think they've got really good topics this year. They talk about a little bit about diversity as well. That's what I know. Um, so yeah, have a look. Have a look. And what else uh, are we talking about here? I think this is uh, Lay's, uh, uh, as, uh, yeah, Lay's as, uh, announcement as well. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, so I was looking for fun things to bring to the pie trash. And then I found out this lovely person that made a song and made a, a, actual uh, music for the Zen of Python and used that as lyrics. So if you click on that YouTube, I mean, I don't know if it's a good idea yeah. for us to be can, playing can, can music. We play, yeah, we can just play the, the like the um, 30 oh. seconds. I think it's fine. But is it muted? Okay. Okay. Let, let's try that. Oops. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, but it's. Yeah. It's okay. But it's basically a Xenophyte, it's the Xenophyte on song. Okay, and let I me skip ahead, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think there is 
yeah, okay. No, I uh, uh, that's that's all <laughs> I can play now. Yeah, of course, like you can't hear because uh, yeah, only the audience can hear because my sound is the sound is from my computer, uh, not through Discord but through OBS. So okay. yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, I hope you guys could hear at least like maybe ten seconds yeah, of it. They, they hear like yeah, rifle. they hear like two two sentences. So <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the sound of Python. That's true. That's correct. That's that's quite cool. And yeah, I, th I think like now recently, like also my company make a Nicki Minaj, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, parody database song. It's uh, instead of Superbase, we have Super Database. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that that's quite cool. It's so, beautiful, guys. Yeah, but I can't play it here now because you know that's Nicki Minaj song at the background. We just like re replace all the lyrics to. Uh, to do something else <laughs> yeah you can you can look it up i think like super database <laughs> uh, by terminus db so yeah we just this is what we do for work great <laughs> I, I love it <laughs> okay so uh the best jobs in the world yes absolutely yeah like and, and i'm doing these and at lunch time as well so which is good uh yeah so we have uh pi open site is why is it not loading i'll just open the link i think yeah so, uh, PyOpenSci had something today. There's a community call today. So, uh, yeah. So, the Nooks is not here yet. I don't know why. Uh, but this Oh, because it's the uh, mountain time. So, it's not in our time. And, mm. yeah. So, well, uh, I've, I've, I will post the link. And, uh, actually, update. Oh, reschedule. No, it's next Monday. Yeah, it's this, this is next Monday for them. So, yeah, so it's supposed to be today. And I think, like, if you really want to join, you can go to PyOpenSize Twitter and found this tweet and um, have a look. So, yeah, that's just one so thing that I saw on Twitter. So that's at 6 p.m. for British time. Mm -hmm. And, but tell me, what's what's on the on the actual meeting? Like, what's the theme of this one? Well, I think uh, it's yeah, it's a development supported for um, Python, you know, open science tool. So I actually have never been, so mm -hmm. I, I have no idea as you, and I don't know why the pictures are not loading. But uh, yeah, but like PyOpenSci is like an organization that they are doing like open science and with uh, you know, with the also like it's in the Python ecosystem. So. Yeah, if you're using like anything that you know is a Python uh, for you know science, um, you know ac academic kind of research things, I think it's it's interesting to have a look. So um, yeah, yeah, welcome to Python side. So yeah, Ooh, yeah. So they have community okay, meetings. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then we have a packaging guide. Oh, you didn't. Sorry, sure, Jack, sure. you did. You didn't miss. Um, you didn't miss uh, David's interview. It will be like on very very soon. Sorry, we are behind schedule because we have technical difficulties at the beginning. Sorry about that. So yes, yeah, we we just move on and get through all these like uh, community announcements, and I think in like three minutes we will have the interview with David. So. Yeah, uh, Python package guy. So um, yeah, this is this is a very good tutorial on DevTool that I, I kind of came across. So uh, yeah, it's like absolute like beginner friendly because it kind of teach you how to set up all this file step by step, and uh, how how the 
files, you know, this is an example of how to set up the file, what does all these things mean, you know, um, what to put in your init file. And oh, by the way, if you're using uh, auto flick, uh, make sure you put a hash uh, Q, uh, no QA there because like otherwise it will remove it like what I did like earlier today. So um, yeah, make sure that you put it there. And um, yeah, so this is like a very good guy. I won't go through too much because uh, yeah, in a meeting, we know because like we were in meeting before this as well. That's why like uh, today is a little bit like out of the place when we are doing the streaming. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, so uh, we just moved on. Uh, so if you're interested, found this on DevTool is the, you know, um, packaging guy, Python packaging guy. Okay, so another thing is that Paddy the Dublin is asking for speaker. Also go to their Twitter. Uh, the link is there, and trust me, it's a lovely community. Uh, Lace and I has been there before, and we both love it. So, uh, of course, they're now doing meetings online, so uh, you can do it wherever you are. A browser window is very, I think it's, uh, ooh, I think, yeah, I think it may be because of, yeah, this Discord is lowering the resolution. Sorry about that. Like, it's fine. We just need to go through this and we'll go to the interview. And um, yeah, and like uh, you, you didn't you didn't miss much. I'm just like uh, saying that, you, you you know, if you have a talk, you want to submit to uh, to Lady Dublin, you can go to the Twitter and, you know, this tweet is there. It's quite new. It's like, you know, it's just out a few, few days ago. So you can submit your talk there. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, other things Perfect. that is, um, the, it's the same, the kind of the same thought as PyLadies Dublin, but then for Python Ireland, we really, um, really need some speakers. Uh, so if you'd like to submit a lightning talk, or if you, if you have something that you'd like to share, uh, with the internet in general, just, just send us a message. Uh, the link for this tweet is going to be. Uh, on Chuck's uh, upload page, the, the video page, and there's a link there that you can just click and you can submit a talk, like the proposition, your proposition to give us a talk and we'll be very grateful. So yeah, that's it for now. Now I think it's time for Mr. Flask, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, give me a few seconds and I'll switch to Mr. Flask interview. Just give me a few seconds and chill it <laughs> out. And, uh, oops, sorry. And, oh, actually, I can't do it like that. So um, how can I do it? Okay. Uh, okay. Let me do this by changing this to um, to the file itself. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. So, well, um, I have here with me today, um, David Lord. Welcome, David. Hello, nice to be here. Um, yes, so uh, David, you are uh, the maintainer of the Flask library, like the first, the Flask framework, right? And you're also a Python uh, engineer. Would you like to introduce yourself to us then? Uh, yeah, I'm David Lord. Uh, I mean, probably the thing I'm most known for is maintaining Flask, but I maintain all the palettes libraries, which are Flask, Jinja, Verxoy, Click, It's Dangerous, and Markup Safe. Uh, I'm also an organizer for San Diego Python. Um, I actually just came from a Saturday meetup that we were doing. We do one every Saturday, so jump from one Zoom call to another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've been programming in Python for 10 years now, maybe. 
and uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do you want to? Uh, <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, on so uh, ten years—that's a—that's a long time. And like when you started, when you started with Python, you started with—you uh, ju jumped right into Flask straight away, or you you used to do a few other stuff. Uh, no. So I started learning Python in college. So I think in like two thousand nine or two thousand ten, I was working on an on-campus job over the summer. Uh, automating a bunch of like MySQL backups and uh, I was kind of bored with that <laughs> and I actually didn't pick up Python for the automation I just thought like hmm I kind of want to make a website and so I was uh, looking at like do, how, how to make a website and I found Python and Ruby and I thought okay. I could read Python better it looked it made more sense when I just looked at some examples so I just started I did the Django tutorial, actually. I was a Django developer first. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Flask didn't come out until 2010. So I think it hadn't come out yet when I first started learning. Um, okay. Python 3.3 was maybe out at the time, 3.4. I can't remember. Think so, yeah, uh, but that's like what it. I started on. <laughs> cool. So you started with Django then, and then you moved on to Flask. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I used Django uh, for like the last two years in college to do a bunch of projects and then um, a couple projects at my, when I first started working at my job. Um, and then I was building this large system at work with Django to do all the security analysis stuff. And uh, it started getting too slow for, uh, now admittedly, this was probably halfway me just not knowing how to write a good web application at the time. But it started getting kind of slow and it was hard to work around the way that Django kind of implied it wanted things to be done. Okay. Uh, and so I started looking and I found Flask, switched the entire application over to Flask in a couple months and started learning that. Uh, and that was probably in like 2013 or so. Okay. Yeah, so it was a good, it, it was a good couple of years before I started using Flask and everything. Okay, but yeah, that sounds that sounds super cool. Cause like uh, that's the thing. Like we had we had a jungle maintainer here, um, Adam Johnson, giving us an interview as well uh, last week, and that was the, one of the the topics that we were discussing. That uh, jungle is a little bit more, um, the learning curve is a little bit steeper, so it takes a little bit more for beginners to learn how to use it, and Flask is a little bit more like easy for beginners. Oh. Uh, mm. I don't know. I, I don't know if that was my experience. Uh, I, I kind of agree with that in one way, but like, I think Django was just as easy for me to use. It was more like Django. It wasn't that Django was hard. It was that Django very, like implies certain structures and ways it wants you to do things. And when you still want to start working outside of that, it doesn't matter if it's easy or hard. It, it matters if it enables that. And at the time, I think this was pre-Django 1.0. So it was, I think it was still getting its legs and everything. And so it was harder to figure out like, how do I make Django do this? Whereas <laughs> Flask, you, you can basically do anything with Flask, but you've got to put it all in there. Yeah. Just kind of approaching it from opposite directions, but you end up at the same place eventually. Okay. Oh, oh thank you for that. Yeah, cool. Thank you. And then you mentioned as well the um, Pilots Project, um, but then, yeah, so it's the Pilot Community Organization and then the Pilots Project. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so 
I'm trying, I, I don't think a lot of people still, even though Pellets has been around for four years or so now, I don't think a lot of people are familiar with the name, but Pellets is the organization, uh, the open source organization. It's not like a company or anything mm -hmm. uh, that uh, manages and maintains uh, Flask and the other libraries uh, that it uses. Um, and so the Pellets projects are Flask, Verksoig, Jinja, Click, Markup Safe, and It's Dangerous. Um, and so I'm a maintainer for all those, core maintainer. And then um, Pallets is also just kind of a community organization. The idea was that um, we never really, the, uh, the original, you know, maintainers of Flask never really set out to build a community for Flask. Okay. Uh, unlike Django, again, uh, Django is very community organized oriented and very organized around that. Uh, Flask never had that. I mean, it had a community, but it was very ad hoc. And so my goal with Pallets these past five years that I've been maintaining it has, uh, has been to like grow the community. Um, so I've been doing things like uh, Pallets is part of the PSF, where mm -hmm. we're actually like a fiscal sponsor of them. Uh, so when you donate to Pallets, you actually donate through the PSF and uh, part of part of your donation goes to the PSF. They they give us all their resources to help us with things. Um, I've been trying to you know go to a bunch of conferences and develop you know do community sprints with people, get more people involved, find more maintainers to bring on long term, which I've been somewhat successful at. <laughs> and uh, that's the dream, isn't it? Like to get the the community involved in the open source and then develop an open the perfect open source community. Yes. Mm -hmm. My 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 big goal right now is um, to run a official Pallets conference and organize that. Um, and that kind of got sidetracked. I wanted to do it this year, but conferences aren't really happening anymore right now, offline at least. Uh, yeah. And then Flascon just happened to uh, show up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that that's, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. So we, you do want to tell us a little bit more about Flascon? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of biased, but yeah, I, I think you should have the word now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm not actually an organizer. I just happened to be involved. Like uh, the organizers reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to help review papers and or be involved in this? Uh, so it's not an official conference, but um, <laughs> It's what, I, what I've been using it as is uh, just seeing how, how, how are people organizing? I, I, I've done a couple like small conferences uh, or small like workshops with Django girls and stuff, but I've never mm -hmm. really seen a conference being organized before. Uh, and so I'm kind of using this as like, hey, let's see how, how we can organize things and get people together online and then use that as a template maybe for an in-person conference in the future. Which I'm really excited for. But um, yeah, I'm also just really excited to see people talking about and using Flask more. I don't see that a lot. So <laughs> as much as I work with it every day, I actually just like, I'm mostly looking at internals all day. And it's really hard to figure out like, oh, this application is using Flask behind the scenes. There's no, there's no way you can really tell that, except by seeing people give, talk, give talks about it and say how they've used it and what they've learned. And, yeah, it's the contact. Yeah, it's the contact with the community. Like, there's nothing more valuable for a developer the, the contact with the community and the feedback that they give mm -hmm. about well how they're using things. Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited about that one as well. And everyone that I share with uh, the whole concept of Flascon, 
uh, everyone is everyone they're super excited about it always say uh, their observation is mostly well it's amazing to see a conference using like with just focused on flask because flask so um so great for everything so yeah we're all super excited to see what the the proposals are going to what the, the talks are going to be um yeah perfect well thank you and then let me ask you let me see so uh what would you say that would be your favorite thing about uh flask like there's is there anything that would say that it's absolutely perfect for like it's beautiful and hmm so that's hard to say i mean flask can basically be used for most things so uh i personally use it for um pretty small websites. Uh, my, my, my company writes a lot of stuff for government, uh, uh, basically turns spreadsheets into web applications, which is pretty much the most generic thing you can do with web applications. Um, so I do a lot of just basic UIs, basic APIs, um, but it's really great for that. Uh, and, um, what other things have I done with it? Would that be your favorite uh, thing? Yeah, like... yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really know what I would say is the best thing about Flask in terms of like what what you use it for. Um, I think pe other people are more inventive than me at coming up with those things. <laughs> but okay. um, in terms of what I like about Flask, I like its simplicity, um, like the ability, like you said earlier, the ability to just dive in and start building something with it. I think that's really powerful. I think I hear from people a lot saying like, oh, I just built this entire, you know, application in a week. I just got, I just got finished watching some demos for some, uh, for an intern program I'm taking, uh, I'm kind of involved with uh, called MLH, MLH Fellowship. And a bunch of teams had built, learned and built applications in Flask in one week uh, as part of like an introduction thing. And then they're going to be contributing to Palette's projects and other things. That's, oh, that's amazing. Really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, one week is like a very short learning curve. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, clearly you can keep learning much, much longer than that, you know, but to just be able to get started that quick, I'm, I, you know, I've been maintaining it for five years and I'm still learning things when I dig into the internals. Because you have to remember, like, I didn't write any of these libraries to begin with. I became a maintainer later. Uh, so when I became a maintainer, I was somewhat familiar with like kind of digging in and debugging things, but uh, you know, years later, I'm still like digging into Jinja, for example, and learning about lexers and parsers and compilers, because uh, we compile our own syntax into Python behind the scenes and uh, mm. you know, stuff like that. And even Flask, like uh, as simple as it is to use, behind the scenes, there's actually like some pretty clever stuff that's going on. Uh, the end of if the you know about that stuff, there's a lot of ways you can override it and extend it. Um, I think that's the thing a lot of people don't know about to a large degree, you know, and uh, I'd like to promote more. <laughs> wow, that sounds amazing. That, that sounds like a good dream to have, like you're building things. Yes, absolutely. Now let's go to the opposite direction then. So what would be the thing that you'd say that Flask is not really recommended for, like that you think that maybe another framework would do the better job. Maybe Django would do a better job. Yeah, uh, I definitely think of Django 
when I when I think of Django, like I know you can build lots of things in it, but I always think about it seems like it's and I think it was first designed to be like focused on building blog kind of sites uh, where you have uh, kind of different pages that you're presenting to end users, you know, you're listing lots of stuff. Um, Flask can do that, obviously, but it's not it's not set up to do that or anything else by default. You have to go plug things into it. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of extensions out there uh, that can do these sorts of things. You know, you can find something that will add an entire admin panel to your web application or uh, mm -hmm. be able to set up a RESTful API. Um, but Flash doesn't have any of that built in by design. I mean, I don't think we would ever build that in. But, um, but it's extensible, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, it's extensible. I guess the the thing you can't really do with it right now. I mean, you can do this. You have like things like Flask Socket IO, but there's not a lot of real time stuff you can do. You can't do web sockets um, unless you use Flask Socket IO and very specific programming or kind of uh, extra patterns on top of Flask. Uh, so a lot of uh, we, we've get, we get questions ever since async has become a thing in <laughs> Python. Uh, they're asking like, oh, you know, how can I do async def and decorate a view with that? Uh, and actually, in Flask 2.0, which soon, TM, uh, the, we will be supporting uh, decorating async def functions, although we're not going to be fully async. Um, but you okay. will be able to write async code within a view and just have it run automatically, which will be cool. So we're getting there, slowly uh, knocking out the last little pieces. I think I think one of the like one of the strengths though of Flask and the other libraries is that they're very stable at this point. Uh, it's it's hard to say there's some they're they're not they might not be good at something because they're not like it's not built in, but they're not bad at anything, and there's not a lot of change at this point. Async is one of the biggest things out there, and you know once we're done with that. I don't know where we'll go next. We'll <laughs> fixing things, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always things to fix, absolutely. But like it, but it moves like in general. It moves very. Everything moves quite fast as well. So like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a, a new challenge soon. Enough. Oh yeah, people people keep discovering new ways. You know, new bugs to report, new <laughs> features to request all the time. Uh, cool. Well, thank you. And then, yeah, you mentioned San Diego Python. So you're the founder of San Diego Python, right? Not, not the founder. Uh, okay. Not by a long shot. I, I came into that um, probably around the time I was starting to switch from Django to Flask. Okay. Uh, I, I was kind of looking for a community to join at the time. And I, I thought, oh, well, I like Python. Maybe there's <laughs> something in San Diego for that. And uh, I met some really cool people who are, you know, big in the community, Python community, like uh, Carol Willing and Trey Hunter. Uh, they're co-organizers down here. Uh, although they're not super involved in the day-to-day -day things anymore because they're off doing their own things. But um, okay. yeah, I was, uh, I just started going to the meetups. San Diego is kind of unique in that we, uh, we have a weekly meetup. Okay. Uh, it's not like a once a month. We have a once a month thing uh, where people give lightning talks, but every single Saturday uh, we have a two hour kind of just study group meetup where everybody just talks about whatever they're interested in, you know, whether it's Python or programming news and just hangs out for two hours. 
Uh, so that's what I'm, that, I became an organizer of that eventually, just because I was going to so many of those meetings. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's what I just came from. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, because like, um, I'm part of Python Ireland, and Python mm -hmm. Ireland has a, a monthly meetup. So we do every second Wednesday of the month. Um, but yeah, that was going to be my next question for you, actually. So like, how do you guys do the, the, the meetups? But that's so cool. But so how <laughs> are you doing this then through COVID now? Like, how are you, are you just doing like Zoom meetings where everyone joins? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're just doing Zoom meetings. The, um, the monthly meetups have gotten, we, we get pretty much the same attendance uh, in Zoom that we were getting in person, uh, you know, so about like, you know, 60 to 100 people uh, for the monthly meetups. And then um, for, the, for the Saturday ones, e even in person, it's been very, it's always very, dependent on what people are doing that weekend, you know, mm -hmm. so sometimes we'll have five people at a meeting, sometimes we'll have, you know, 25 people. Uh, but yeah, we just dial into a Zoom meeting and just all kind of chat for a while. And, uh, <laughs> That's amazing. It seemed to work out pretty well so far. Yeah, but it's, it sounds awesome, because like just the fact that you're doing a little bit of, um, con like a, a little bit of dev talk, that is not work related and you're socializing as well. You're compliant with social distance, but you're still socializing. Oh yeah. Being able to talk to other people is a, is a really great break from it all every, every week. So. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah, absolutely. Totally understand. Um, then I'm, I think I'm going to challenge you with this one. If a flask was an animal, which animal do you think flask would be? Okay, so I've been thinking about this one for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I didn't really have a good answer at first. And then I started thinking about like, hmm, well, Flask was originally like an April Fool's joke. So maybe like kind of a weird animal, like a platypus or something. You know, that's kind of like cobbled together from all these different, you know, libraries and stuff. But pack the PIPA and packaging, their mascot is a platypus now. So I can't use that. No, uh, no. So I, for some reason, I started thinking about birds. I don't really have a connection to it that much. Maybe they build stuff, you know, they pull all this other stuff for their nest and build it. But uh, the, uh, the original author of Flask, Armin, he's from Austria. And their, uh, their national bird uh, is the barn swallow, I think. Okay, I don't know that okay. one. Uh, so I was like, well, that seems appropriate. So I think I would go with some, a little, you know, a small bird like that. Oh, it's adorable. I love yeah, it. It's a cool bird. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you won this one. For sale <laughs> and everything. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, so one, of the, uh, one of the things I've been thinking of doing with uh, donations we've, we've received, you know, from the community uh, is... Um, hiring somebody to do some new logos for all the uh, projects. Mm -hmm. you know, right now we have the, the old line art logos, like the flask has the, the traditional horn flask, uh, not a pepper. <laughs> Seriously? Do people think that that's a pepper? <laughs> oh, people think it's a tooth, a pepper, a, like a horn. I mean, I guess technically it's a horn, but they don't a lot of people don't think flask first. <laughs> but it, it, the day it's on the name, like the, the beer is on the name. Yeah, if you put the name next to it, but if you just see the logo, uh, I'm never quite sure. <laughs> true. But yeah, I've been thinking of uh, getting a designer uh, to help me come up with some new logos for all six projects and kind of a more cohesive design for them all. 
So maybe I'll have them incorporate some birds into it. <laughs> I love that idea. And then you make like you can make like a, a like a, a yeah a bunch of birds that all like are parts for the part of the palace pro the palace project. Yes. So you have all like different logos with different birds, and they all came from your head. <laughs> I love that idea. Absolutely. And so let's see. Then yes. So doing a little bit of research around, I found out that you're you have a flask gold badge, right? On Stack Overflow. Yeah. How um, does one flask. get to get that? Like. Yeah. So I, uh, I've been answer, I've been on Stack Overflow for pretty much the entire time I've been learning Python. So I think I'm at like nine years, ten months right now. Uh, I have an unbroken record. You can, if, if you go into your profile, you can't see it like on the public profile, but I think I have like 1,988 days consecutively visiting the site. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm thinking of stopping when I hit 2,000. Honestly, I don't, You're thinking. Okay. <laughs> I don't contribute that much anymore. But um, yeah, when I was learning, especially uh, when I was learning Python, I was learning Flask. Uh, I never asked questions on Stack Overflow, but because um, I never really never had questions I needed to answer from Stack Overflow, but I started finding other people asking questions and realizing like, oh, I know the answers to these things. I can, uh, and I think it really helped me over time, like develop my technical writing skills. Because I go back and look at like some of my really old answers that I haven't deleted. Uh, they're not as good as my newer answers. But, um, so yeah, like I, uh, I just answered a ton of questions and I, I have a gold badge in Python, Flask, and SQL Alchemy, uh, which means I can unilaterally close things as duplicates and do some other cool things. Um, okay. But I, yeah, I just answered a ton, a ton of questions. I actually didn't answer that many Python questions. I just started focusing purely on Flask and SQL Alchemy to somewhat, some degree. Uh, and just over time, people voted on stuff and uh, thought I was answering useful things. So. I'm so jealous. So jealous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I was really passionate about Stack Overflow for a long time, and I still think it's a good resource, but I don't find myself answering questions anymore. It's very hard to find novel questions on there uh, anymore. Like, I definitely understand that, you know, people run into the same problems all the time, but it seems like Stack Overflow hasn't really been able to show the existing answers to those users well enough. You know, they haven't made that discoverable enough somehow. So a lot of the time I find myself pointing people at existing answers rather than answering anything interesting. I think I usually go a couple months between finding like, oh, here's a good question. Now I can answer this one. Um, so it's been a while since my last one. But uh, I'm also a room owner of the People don't know this, but there's a whole chat system on Stack Overflow also. So I'm one of the room owners of the Python chat room. Ah, um, I saw that because I tried, like I, I found your profile and it was like, there was a link there of a chat to this person. I was like, what, what, what a second, what? Like I can go and chat to someone on Stack Overflow? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's mostly how I'm involved. And um, we, we, we I'm not the only room owner of that. So I mostly am kind of behind the scenes nowadays saying like, uh, we have a, we have a website called SOPython, um, Stack Overflow Python .com. It's a Flask application behind the scenes, and we kind of have our own curated question and answer collection uh, of stuff that we've. Uh, if you go to SOPython.com slash canon, C-A-N-O-N, 
Mm -hmm. uh, these are all the canonical questions that we've kind of keep answering over and over again, and we collect like the canonical answers for all of them there. Uh, and it's all written in Flask. Uh, so I maintain that website. That's actually one of the first Flask applications I ever wrote uh, was this website. And um, this is how I became one of the owners of the Python chat room. I rewrote their site that they were, it was like a static site before into this application. Cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, yeah, I will put the link on the description of the video for yeah, if sure. anyone, yeah, for everyone that wants to go there and have a look, your first Flask project, like, this sounds super exciting. I will have a look yeah. at this. It's, 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 we don't, it doesn't do a lot of advertising or anything, but we get, uh, you know, you get close to like five or 6,000 hits a month, which not too much, but you know, people are using it. People are finding it, I guess. But. Oh, if there is no advertisement and you're getting those numbers like organically, then it is like, it is big. Mm -hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us as well. That, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And then, well, for, as the last question, it's going to be a question about your very unusual hobbies. <laughs> so we have scuba diving, uh, frisbee, and quadcopter photography. I actually had to Google that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't do any professional photography, but I do. I, I, I like flying my quadcopter. Uh, you know, I have a little DJI Mavic. And, uh, I go out to the beaches here in San Diego and take cool pictures of the cliffs and everything. Do you um, put those pictures anywhere? Uh, not for the most part. You can find some like um, uh, on my, I have uh, like personal business cards I hand out at PyCon and those sorts of things. And on the back of them, there's different photographs I've taken. Which is oh. always, so they're so, collectible. You, you got to come meet me in person to see them. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Okay. Yeah. COVID is almost over. So don't you worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some point uh, people start collecting them again. <laughs> well, you're telling them now, so... And yeah, so, I mean, they're pretty unusual hobbies. They're, they're super cool. But like, do you have any story? Like, do you think that they helped you in any way with like anything in life? Do you have any story that you'd like to share with us? Like, um, I don't know if I have anything that like relates to programming or Flask, but you know, I, I try to have hobbies that get me out of the chair, you know, like, I, I like video games and that's and reading and that sort of stuff too. But um, you know, I like I like stuff that takes me outside. Uh, you know, gets me to walk to the beach for no other reason than to like you know fly a drone or just walk along the cliffs or you know go like scuba diving. There's some I haven't been scuba diving in quite a while. I need to get back out there. But there's some like great places in La Jolla, the whole kelp forest. Uh, you know, just getting to do something that's not programming all day because I do quite a lot of programming all day. I would do it for work and then I come home and uh, maintain all these projects and juggle all that stuff. Um, yeah, you're pretty active. All through college. Uh, I joined like immediately when I joined college. I got recruited immediately because I'm tall. <laughs> can catch things I, I couldn't tell like you're sitting down I couldn't tell <laughs> so I've got all I, you know now nowadays I just kind of throw with some friends every now and then you know I have all sorts of crazy throws that I can do but uh, I don't really run around that much anymore <laughs> um, but yeah it's, it's it's a good way to just have a community that's not that's that's outside the programming community or intersects with it I mean I've, I've found people who 
throw frisbees or scuba dive or have like like flying quadcopters in Python as well. So yeah, that sounds super cool. Um, and okay, I think I'm gonna squeeze another question because now you got me curious. So, uh, so uh, the last one then <laughs> uh, for newbies, for people that are just starting, not only on Python but in Flask and on programming in general. Um, what would be your advice for them like on like how would they should how would what would be the ideal uh, mind frame that they should start investing on it and also what would be your advice on like your life advice for them so like you're just saying about hobbies that take you out of the chair so would that be something that you would advise them to do oh, sure. if they want to be if they want to have a career as a software developer or whatever it is that they decide to do yeah, I, it's always really hard for me to answer this question. You know, people will ask like, well, how did you learn Python? And the way I learned Python was I just picked up, uh, dive into Python and read it. And then I did a project in Django and you know, just followed their tutorial. I didn't really like study a lot or I, I just started doing, but I've been programming since I was in second grade. So it's not like it was something new to pick up to me. I don't really have, so I don't really have the perspective of like, I don't have any basis for this at all. How do I start learning? If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I do have some books like, you know, like dive into Python is something I can recommend. Uh, and just like looking at the official sources for things has been really helpful to me. When I was first learning Python, I literally just, I, I was bored over the summer. So I just, every day at my job, picked the next module in the list of Python modules in the docs and just read through the docs about it. You know, I don't remember it all, but I have this like index in my head now of like every single thing that Python can do. So whenever I like, I think like, oh, what do I need? Oh, I'm sure I read that in the Python docs. Okay, I'll go, you know, search for it. Uh, I think that my, I, I don't know how unique that is to me, <laughs> or uh, I don't know how useful that, that is as a learning style to other people, but just like I think that applies to the Flask docs as well. Though there's there's so much information in those docs uh, that, that's not technical, you know, it's like prose. It's, it's written uh, from the perspective of somebody just like kind of walking through a topic. Um, that's how I learn personally. I just, I just read a lot. Um, okay. Okay. That's pretty fair. Yeah. That's a great advice yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really like watch videos or anything like that too much, uh, or at least for learning. I, I watch people live stream and that sort of mm -hmm. thing, just interact with the community. But, um, the cool talks of Python, yeah. Yeah, I think my advice for people would be just like, pick something, pick a project. Don't pick like, you know, massively multiplayer online RPG <laughs> or something like that. But like, pick something that's interesting to you. If you're interested in quadcopter photography, maybe make a site that displays, lets you upload a photo and displays photos, you know? But just like pick something that's actually related to something you're already familiar with and start applying what you're reading to that. You know, have something that you know and something that you're learning. That's, that's kind of the projects that I did at first also that helped me. That's a great advice. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. And then to be sustainable on the career, if they decide to go on their career as a developer, what would you suggest? Uh, in terms of what, what like, uh, 
um, job. <laughs> <laughs> no, in terms of actually keeping, keep, keep programming and keep loving it and like being able, cause you're contributing so many different ways to so many things. It's kind of like the version of my question is kind of like the version of uh, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess my advice in that regard is don't be me. Uh, I maintain way too many projects. Uh, and I don't know how I do it sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got okay, the six so college projects plus like the three, like a bunch of the extensions. I think in total, I'm like a maintainer of 12 or 12 or 13 different projects. Uh, so. My goodness. Well, so yeah. thank you so much for, for yeah, donating your time. Asking, like, oh, why hasn't this been released yet? It's because I'm, I just finished working on that. And now I'm like working on this thing and then this thing and this thing. And yeah, guys. Yeah, please be. There eventually, but. Yeah, community, please be nice to the maintainers because they're very busy people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of like jobs and stuff, I, this is another one where I have a really hard time answering because I've only had one job ever. Well, I mean, I had a student job, but I've worked at the same place since I graduated for nine years now. Uh, okay. so that's really unusual built, as well. I, I definitely, I, I think that's a little unusual. Yeah. In the software community, at least, yeah. but, um, I've definitely like built my, you know, built, built up my skills. I haven't just stayed stagnant for nine years. Um, so it's more like what I focus on in my job is, um, you know, how, how can I learn this new thing and start applying it? Um, and I really encourage the, like the new junior devs I mentor to, uh, you know, learn, like, learn these new technologies. We're actually, like, my company was a Java uh, company when I started working there. I was the first person to bring in Python and say, like, hey, look, we can write this thing in Django faster than we were doing it before, and we can maintain it better. Um, and so I just started, like, getting involved, you know, like, learning things and then taking them and saying, like, look, we can use this. Uh, and then um, I started following the community more, the Python community. You know, the more I started following people on Twitter or listening to people talk at conferences, uh, you know, you start getting this broader perspective than you just have as yourself learning something. Like I was not really involved in the community at all until like, like three years into when I started, like after I started learning Python. Um, I was just doing it on my own. And so as I started getting all these perspectives, I started realizing like, oh, you know, just because I had like a really easy interview process mean, doesn't mean everybody has an easy interview process. How can I make our interviews better? And so like I improved our interview process at our company. And we don't do whiteboards anymore, for example. <laughs> Listen um, to this, Google. But um, yeah, so like I just finding more perspectives and then not keeping them to myself, but like trying to say like, Hey, we can, we can do this. We can make ourselves better by like doing all these other things is what helped me in my job. That's amazing. That's, that's really awesome. Cause that's just applying what you learn. And that's what, that's, that's what the word should be all about. Not about learning things and then reading the book and then leaving the, the knowledge there. It's about applying that. Cause that's what brings the word forward. Mm -hmm. And I've been really fortunate, uh, like the, the company I work at, um, I, I, I've gotten a lot of, you know, latitude over the years to do new things, but I also like the, the work we do and the projects I get to run and all that sort of stuff. Uh, 
So I definitely found a place that really worked well for me, um, well. which is why I haven't moved anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's what the other companies need to do as well. Is that, like uh, be be nicer to their. their I mean, mm, yeah, I know. Maybe just you're a unique employee, and that's that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to. I think it's hard to give an exact answer for other people. You know, I have my specific circumstances, and um, I can give general advice, but everybody will find that one thing they're good at, and that one way to improve the company. You know. Yes, true. Well, those were great advice. Thank you so much for donating your time for being here with us today. Thank you for all your work for open source for community. Thank you for your Python work as well. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, thanks for having me. It was a uh, nice to chat. Oh. Looking forward to seeing the episode. I was watching a couple of the older ones, and they're uh, pretty interesting. So, Do, uh, what's what's your favorite so far? Uh, well, I was I, I, the the last one, the one that stuck with me right now is the your interview with Adam last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> I had to see what the competition was saying. You know, what's Jingo saying? Ah, uh, we missed the opportunity. We should have the the four of us all together in a room, so talking about Flask and Django and Python and yeah, get get uh get you know get people from Pyramid, get people from Falcon and Sanic and get, get uh, Court, get all the frameworks in a room together. <laughs> We're gonna do like a I always have to say because you know I I get the questionnaire now and then like, well Flask is obviously the better one, right? And I'm like no. <laughs> I'm friends with all the frameworks. <laughs> you can do good things in all of them. And I think they're all like, they all have different ideas that are very complementary sometimes. A very diplomatic answer. That's what I'm interested in seeing is a round table with all the framework people. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Challenge accepted. We'll get that, that, that done then. Very good. Well, thank you again. Thank you very, very much. It was a pleasure. It was really a yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And well, have enjoyed the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, perfect. Uh, okay, so uh, we are going through a few technical uh, issues again. It, it's all right. It's just a Wednesday. Here we go. So this is Chuck's library. Uh, it's well, it seems like it's a photo to cartoon library. So they used. Um, this program, so this website, I think, um, yeah, this is this is Chuck's library, so I'm not really sure, but let's try. Uh, and yeah, it seems like this is the application for it. So basically, you would input a picture over here, so local update or with a URL, and um, the output would be yourself looking as a cartoon. Super cool, because I really want to have a cartoon made of my face. Um, I just couldn't couldn't be able to uh, just wasn't able to afford it just yet, um, but I thought this was super cool. And here's the actual library, so the photo to cartoon library. Uh, oh, it's Chinese. Okay. Um, well, there is the English version here on the site, um, and I use the Google Translate uh, tool, so you can just open Google Translate and then copy the URL paste the URL there and then open that URL. Um, and yeah, that's going to open. So you're, you're telling me go to face alignment. That's the library. Perfect. So I think this is it then. Perfect. So that's the library over there. Uh, face alignment is the name of the library. Sorry. 
get it. Okay, so they use that um, those features on face alignment uh, with that bit of code to then make the cartoon. Okay, yeah, that's super cool. So the library's face alignment, and then that was used to do the other the, the stuff that was shown on the other on the other page. Ooh, I wonder. I wonder if it's super easy to use. Like, did you use to do anything, Chuck? We're, we're doing a chat by the, on the comments, so just keep an eye on the comments, guys. Uh, okay, so, um, and then my library, uh, the library that I found today, is this one called Data Shatter. So, basically, uh, what Data Shatter is, is a... It's part of the Holovitz family, so it's another... It's another series of packages that include um, HoloViews and HVPlot. So it's basically a data, a data science um, family of libraries. And it's used to create representation of large data sets. So there is this Medium um, post that I put it, um, posting the, the link right now on Twitch. And the name of the post is 3.6 million data points forming one GIF. And um, this library was used to join those 3.6 million data points and, and make this one image. Um, so, yeah, so um, it uses a technique called rasterizing that it seems like it's breaking a plot into pixels and then plotting that area and aggregating the value of the points that fall in each pixel. So that's the reason why you get so much finery on the imaging of this. Um, and then the, the, the pixels are shaded according to the, the, the aggregated value that they have it from before. So it's, yeah, it's very fine image. And the fact that you can create GIFs, I mean, the fact I, I found this through the post uh, showing how to create a big data GIF. And I thought that was a quite interesting idea, especially because you can render maps on it like loads and loads and loads of data and just create an image and yeah i think it's quite cool uh, perfect so i think this is it i think this is the meet meet pie for this wednesday thank you very much for everyone who joined us um thank you for everyone in the chat it was so much fun and we are working through the technical difficulties guys i'm really sorry I, I know that Chuck is sorry as well, but we are almost there on making this absolutely perfect and fluid. And it's it's the best time of our weeks anyway. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And well, enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining. Yes. Bye, 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 bye. Do you like Meet Meet Pie? Please follow us on Twitter. Give us comments. We'd love to hear what you think. See you, See you next week. week.